This is episode 121. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hey everybody, how are you? Well, thank you for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about it being okay when things are not okay. It's okay to not be okay. And this is focused mainly for parents, and it does translate to children. But what I'm going to share with you is an experience I had in working with a couple, Emily and her husband, Mike. They found themselves in a real pickle in working through how to communicate and how to get on the same page in raising their children, specifically because their children were at home all the time. And so this is going to be an amazing story. And for those of you who are struggling with this idea that you need to be okay, especially in this time when we are still lingering in this pandemic, which seems to have been around for so long. It's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to allow the emotions to exist. So I'm going to discuss with you Emily and her husband, Mike, the situation they found themselves in. Um, I'm also going to be covering three specific topics during this podcast. First, a term that's been floating around, which is called toxic positivity. Second, being present with every emotion that we have. And then third, letting go of the shame and tying that in with effective communication, the skill that we teach in smarter parenting in order to expand and help people communicate in a much better way. Now, Emily and Mike also have a child who has ADHD. And while I was coaching them on their child's behavior, we ended up talking more about Emily and Mike and getting on the same page. So That's why this topic has come up, because they're not the only ones. In fact, there are a lot of parents who call in who struggle and who really have a hard time with the way things have turned out in the last year. And they're trying to make sense of it all and trying to keep a positive attitude and trying to move forward. And it's difficult. It's hard. It's not an easy thing. So, again, I'm going to talk about Emily and her husband, Mike, and the pickle they found themselves in. We will also be covering the three specific topics, which are toxic positivity, being present with every emotion, and then letting go of the shame and using effective communication to do that, right? So let me introduce you to Emily and Mike. Emily and Mike have three children. Their oldest child has been diagnosed with ADHD and is the cause of a lot of the chaos in the home. Their child, a young boy, is 11 years old. And the other children are learning from him how to misbehave. And it's caused a lot of problems between Mike wanting to discipline him and Emily wanting to work with him and help him. So Emily reached out to me first and she wanted to have some parent coaching sessions, which I do. And we started to talk about this together. And I worked with Emily. Her husband did not participate in the first session, but he did join us for the second session. And so as we sat down, we started to talk. We were focused in on the behaviors of their child and him acting out and the different approaches that Emily and Mike had towards him and towards the other children and what ways they could help change his behavior, help him stop certain things, help him follow through with the expectations in the home. And I immediately started to notice patterns in the way that they approached their child. So Emily always wanting to maintain positivity, wanting to move forward and helping her child look at the good things in life. 
focused a lot on bringing up the great things that he was doing, which was fantastic. Now, her husband, Mike, seemed to be focused in on the things he wasn't doing well and how to fix those things. And when I'm working with a parent and I'm coaching them, I tend to look for patterns in the way that they think and they approach their child in order to help either boost what they're doing or help to decrease what they're doing. It's phenomenal for me, really, to see how people process and problem solve around these issues because you can approach it in a lot of different ways. So a child acts out and a parent has a thought about the behavior and they're going to react in a million different ways. It could be the same behavior that a child is exhibiting in any home, but the parent will bring to their parenting their own style and their own perception on how to approach the problems that are occurring. Well, with Emily and Mike, as we started to talk, I started to notice that Emily tended to uh, downplay some of what Mike was going through. Now, if you have never been in a coaching session with me, I can be a lot of different things during the coaching session, depending on what the family needs. So I can be very warm and comforting, but I can be confrontational at times if there are things that need to be addressed that we need to bring out. And I only do that because I care. You know, sometimes people need to be confronted on things and that's okay. But it is coming from a space of love and of concern for what is in the best interest of the family. And people respond to things differently. So just like children are different in the way that we teach to them and that we raise them, parents are the same way when I'm coaching them. I'll coach them based on what they need and how they will receive the information that they are receiving. And so Emily tended to look at everything in a, in a very positive light and then justifying the behavior. And so I started to ask her some questions. If things are so positive, why did you call in for coaching? And uh, she seemed a little surprised at that. And I introduced the topic of toxic positivity. Now, that term is floating around quite a bit. And what it is, it's when a person only focuses on the positive. They are unable to recognize the realities of what is going on. In fact, this toxic positivity can be seen nowadays. I'm sure a lot of people know the one person in their life who, regardless of what is happening, will put everything aside and focus on the positive. They're a a glass half full type person, only it's not half full they would say that it is completely full. They would have some denial in the overall reality of what is happening in order to focus on the positive. So toxic positivity requires some denial. It requires some generalization about things. It requires some over-exaggeration and really imagination for some people where they can only focus in on the positive. So when I was talking to Emily and Mike, I asked her that and I asked her point blank. I said, well, If everything is so great, according to what you're telling me, and he's doing well in all these areas, why did you reach out to me? And it made her stop and think. She had to evaluate, okay, wait a minute. Things are not as great as I made them sound. In fact, there are problems. There are things we need to work on. And so I asked her to list down the things that we did need to work on. And I noticed it was very difficult for her. And I observed on the other side of the screen, Mike was smiling and I confronted Mike. And I I can do this because even during the second visit, we created a friendship and there was mutual trust between us. And I said, Mike, you're smiling over there. Tell me what you're thinking. And he's like, well, this is exactly what happens is like 
She sees the positives and I don't see that. And so obviously for me in observing the pattern of communication and their pattern of parenting, there needed to be a balance between the two. So Emily needed to realize the realities of what was happening without sugarcoating it. And Mike needed to recognize that there were good things going on and not everything was negative and down the tube. So I confronted Mike on that as well, that there needs to be some realistic views on what is happening in the home and what needs to be addressed and that they needed to be on the same page. So we worked through that, talked about it. We use the skill of effective communication during this process, which is a skill that I absolutely love from the teaching family model. And the reason that I love it is effective communication really does allow both parties to be heard and understood on a deeper level than just communicating with somebody. So effective communication is something that I teach pretty much every parent that calls in and every family but particularly with parents, and they can teach it to their children, because it's important for parents to model effective communication. If they can show their children that they are doing it, children will naturally do it the same way. Children tend to copy what they see. So as long as a parent is using effective communication with each other or with other people, children notice, they see it, and then they will do it. So we continually talked about the toxic positivity and being able to recognize the realities of what is going on. And during this conversation, I started to notice that Emily became teary-eyed. And I asked her about that. I said, are are you okay? What's going on? And she says, it's just hard to admit that there are a lot of problems that we're working through. Now, for some people... They struggle with that. They struggle with this idea that, hey, things need to be a certain way. They need to be perfect. And yet, at the same time, it's okay when things are not perfect. And that's that's the point of this podcast is it's okay to not be okay. I We started to talk about her feelings and her emotions and how discomforting it was for her to sit there and look at her child in this way because she felt like, wait a minute, if I'm looking at my child this way, does this make me a bad mother? Does this make me a bad parent? And so we explored some of those. And as you can tell, sometimes during these coaching sessions, we we get super deep into what is happening in order to bring out these skills so they can effectively use these skills. So we went over effective communication so I could understand them and they could understand me much better in our communication about these deeper topics. I'm going to share with you this skill of effective communication because it's important for you to know what the steps are. Now, these are steps that I use when I'm coaching a family. They may not be aware that I'm doing this, but I'm doing this on purpose in order to really create good communication between us. There are only six steps. Step number one is to look at the person who is talking and pay attention to what they're saying. Step number two is once the person is finished speaking, you want to use their words to describe what you understood. So you're going to repeat back what you heard using their words. Step number three, you're going to ask the person if what you said was what they meant. And if it isn't, they will correct you if you're wrong. Step number four, in a calm manner, you can state your thoughts. If you notice, step number four is the step where you can share your thoughts, but you can only share your thoughts if you listen and repeat back what you understood and they say, yeah, that is what I meant. 
then you can share your opinion. Step number five is they must repeat what they heard from you and they must affirm with you if that is correct. So they're just repeating what you did in step three, but they're doing it with you. You have to ask you, hey, is that what you meant? I'm going to say what I understood. Is this what you meant? And then you will say yes, or you will correct them. And then step number six is come to a solution if possible. So if there's something that you're problem solving, then you want to come to a solution, which in this case, it was all about parenting and getting on the same page with each other. So we started to go through the emotions that she was struggling through, these ideas of, hey, I'm not a good mother. Am I a good parent? Am I effective at all? Am I letting my family down? What does it look like on the outside? I mean, these are realistic concerns for her. And what I wanted her to do was to sit in the emotions that she was feeling in order for her to deal with those emotions. Because what she was doing before was choosing to only look at the positive as a reflection on how it would be for her. And so work through this whole idea of, hey, sit in the discomfort of it all in what you are feeling right now. And I wanted her to be able to understand that all emotions are fleeting. So what she was feeling right now, the longer she sat in it, she would be able to start to feel other things, that other emotions would come in. And I share this with a lot of parents. You know, when you are experiencing emotions, emotions are like trying to hold water in your hands. The water is there, but it's very difficult for it to stay there. And in fact, you may have some residuals once the water is not so much in your hands anymore. However, it changes. Things change. And when you sit in these uncomfortable emotions, it actually helps build some resiliency in you to deal with what you are feeling in more appropriate and positive ways. So with Emily, we sat through that whole process. Now, I didn't let Mike off the hook either because I wanted Mike to be able to communicate with her about this. So she would describe during this skill of effective communication her emotions and he would have to use the steps and then he would have to follow each of those just so he understood where she was at and where she was coming from in order to create this connection between the two. So very, very powerful to use the skill of effective communication when you're dealing with very difficult emotional things. Using effective communication as a skill of how you're going to go about talking about it will make a huge difference in the outcome. Now, as we started to get through this process, she started to notice that there was a lot of shame associated with her feelings. And as we continually worked with this, we started to work on how she could let go some of that in order to replace it with things that would help their child and move things forward in a more positive way. So really, she was a phenom, just absolute phenom, amazing. So as we were working through this whole process using the skill of effective communication, we dealt with the toxic positivity that she was manifesting in order to help her recognize the realities of what is happening and not minimize the negative behaviors. We also worked on her being present with the discomfort of some of these emotions. And I related to her that if she could do it, she can teach her child to do it. So when her child is facing difficult emotions, because she's gone through the process, she'll be able to help her child, which seemed to be very motivating to her. 
And then letting go of the shame, finding ways for her to realize, hey, some of these things that I am worried about, some of these things that I'm struggling with are not necessarily even about me. They're about what other people think of me or perceptions that I have about how things should be. Now, throughout this whole process, I kept reiterating to her that it is okay to not be okay. It is okay. And that it's better to not be okay and face the reality of what is happening than it is to exist in a world of toxic positivity. Because again, toxic positivity requires denial, generalization, and over-exaggeration to focus on the positives without recognizing the realities of what you have to deal with. And when you do that, you are unable to address problems. You cannot face problems if you do not recognize problems. So, it's a work in progress with Emily and Mike. It's something that they're, they will continually have to work on. Now, before I wrap up, I have a message I need to share with you, so we're going to take a break. Hello, listeners. Did you know we rely on donations to keep this podcast going? All donations help us to help you and other parents. You can donate on the Smarter Parenting website and consider signing up for the Silver Tier Coaching, and you get so much in addition to helping us help parents. You can use a credit card, Google Pay, Apple Pay, or PayPal. Every donation helps. Thanks. So welcome back. So Emily and Mike, fantastic couple working through this process. And the thing that I want you to be aware of is that parents also have work that they do in relation to the work that they do with their children. It's not only about focusing in on children and their behaviors and what do we do and give us answers for this, this, and this. There is a growth process happening with parents as well while children are growing up. I've said this like a million times before, but children offer parents the opportunity to have a second childhood, and it's beautiful. We see the world again through new eyes as if we're experiencing the world new, in addition to all the knowledge that we had before. And that's the beauty of children. It really is the beauty of having children. They bring us such joy because they allow us to re-experience the world in new and exciting ways. In many ways, they help us see the world in ways we may not see again. But it's important for us as parents to recognize we have work to do too. And during this process of raising children, especially during a pandemic, requires us to internally look at ourselves and figure out, okay, in what ways can I be a better parent? In what ways am I being short-sighted? In what ways am I helping this process? And in what ways am I damaging this process? Once we face the realities of those, we're going to be far better off. Saying to yourself, it's okay to not be okay, is okay. And it makes you human. It makes you a parent. It makes you realize that, hey, I can survive this. I can work through this. And my child can work through this. If you can work through not being okay, you will teach your children how to work through not being okay in the future. It's a great gift that you can give them if you can work beyond it because you'll be able to help them overcome some of those difficulties. My hat's off to Emily and Mike and the pickle they're in. It's still a work in progress. We're still going to be plugging away at it, making 
things happen for them where they can work together. Now, if you're wondering if I did get on Mike for his perceptions, I absolutely did. I didn't get into that during this podcast. But with Mike, the whole idea of being able to recognize the good was difficult for him. Recognizing that, hey, there are some positive things happening here and I need to acknowledge those things. Because when you're focused in on the negatives only, you tend to burn out and you tend to crash and burn. It's a, there's a fine balance. There's a yin and a yang to all of it. So Mike had his fair share in the sun as well. And I want to give my hats off to Emily, such a courageous mother, courageous soul in being able to move forward in improving the lives of her and her family and her children. It's okay to not be okay, everybody. It is okay to not be okay. And it's okay to let your children see that so they can learn how to deal with it later on in the future. That's it for me, and I will talk to you again next time. All right.